I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Yes. Okay, we're going. Excellent. Nice to see you. Likewise. Been a little little bit of time, couple weeks here, or week and a half, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, I think we've been unintentionally doing bi-weekly episodes just because, <laughs> you know, end of summer and things going on and yeah. Yeah, but we're here now, so yeah. <laughs> How's your Tuesday starting off? Um, Wobbly. Yeah, I I really, sleep has been really weird for me lately. I'll have like one or two good nights and then just like... Insomnia City. So um, we went for a kind of an impromptu hike on the weekend. We were going to do the Easy Lynn Valley, which is like you park or land near um, the Lynn Valley headwaters. And then it's kind of like just like you're just kind of walking along the river. It's super yeah. easy. Um, but we just, you did, I think this photo knew, but um, we just kind of, we parked by the end of the line cafe and there's like, a very twisty, windy, down to the canyon, up the stairs, down the stairs, up the stairs thing. And that's where we went. Uh, and it's only like um, maybe 3K in total, like going to the suspension bridge and back. But for my um, uninitiated ass, like lately, who's been quite um, sedentary um, after healing my knee and everything, uh, it was tough. But it was also really, really good for me because it helped me to understand like what, I am actually capable of, like I right. say all the time, I can't do that. It's too hard. I can't do this, but I did it. And, and the endorphins afterwards were really quite lovely, but I did fall asleep at the dinner table, like literally <laughs> like fell asleep and it was like, go have a nap. And I just like passed out for an hour. Um, but that's kind of, I don't know. It was great because I felt great yesterday afternoon. And then I just, I couldn't sleep last night. I was just so friggin' wired. So, you know, like four in the morning, I finally like nodded off for a little while. And then like 830, it was like, oh, we're recording today. I better get up and like make everything ready for two hours. Like, what was I? I wasn't even, I wasn't even on my computer. I don't even know what the hell I was doing. So that's the long answer to how Tuesday is starting. I guess that's the context. <laughs> well, I can definitely relate to that context because uh, similar to, I think, two episodes ago, I... I set an alarm for about 15 minutes before we were slated to record and just slept because, yeah, my my sleep has just been awful, uh, especially in this mm. last week. And, um, yeah, and so kind of same thing as, as you where uh, yesterday I started um, teaching again. I had my first class with that seniors group, which was super oh, fun. Nice. Um, but because I haven't done any of that stuff for a couple months, um, I was having a lot of anxiety about it, which, again, is mm. like – there's no reason to have anxiety about it. This is literally like a seniors acting club at the family leisure center. Like you know, there's, there's, there's nothing to worry about. These people aren't going to chase you down if, if they don't like you or whatever. Um, right. But you're yeah, probably but it, so thrilled, like with everything you're teaching them. Exactly. And, and so it went really well. Um, 
And then same thing, like I was just I was just so energized and jacked up after being around a group of people for the first time in a while um, that when I got home, you know, I got home probably quarter after eight, class wrapped up pretty early, and I wasn't even feeling like I could possibly go to bed until about 11, so then I finally did, and like 1.30 or 2 after just laying there and not being able to fall asleep, I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'll just get back up again, because like, mm. you know, I may as well do something that's kind of kind of enjoyable or whatever, so I just kind of got up and, and read for a little bit. Um but yeah, so so uh, so so I've just woken up as well before we started recording here. So that's kind of becoming a thing for me, maybe. <laughs> um, do you find though, like you know, some folks just are genuinely nocturnal. Do you find that you feel creative, like, and that you can absorb ideas more in those middle of the nights, or is it more frantic? Um, it's not frantic. It's usually just kind of more like frustrated because I know what needs to happen then, which is I need to do something to wind myself down or something that's like not stimulating. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, if I go back to bed, which is of course like completely unstimulating, then that's when the hamster gets on the wheel and it's like, hey, here's a bunch of things to get stimulated about. And they're usually like <laughs> negative things. It's not like, hey, why don't you think about that great uh, chicken sandwich you made for dinner yesterday, which I made a fantastic chicken sandwich yesterday. It was so good. But, yeah. uh, you know, and it's, it, it never wants me to think about that. It, it's always just like, Hey, uh, hey, what's what's going on with uh with with you money wise lately, man? Like, uh, what's what's going on with this and that and the other thing and blah blah blah. Um, so so yeah, I just uh, um, I I have always been a morning person historically. Um, and that's part of the difficulty is that I really have a tough time sleeping late when I go to bed late or when I get a late uh, or, or when I have a you know a bout of insomnia. Mm-hmm. Um. I still usually wake up between 5.30 and 6.30 every morning, just kind of that was my habit for so long. I used to start mm. work really early because I could set my own hours. Um, and yeah, so being being an early bird, uh, that's when I find I'm at the most creative. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like some people will work on that stuff kind of late if they get some inspiration. And I was working on music last night when I was jacked up after class, probably like 8 to 11 or something. But um, I find that in the morning when I'm not kind of fully um, in, I I guess maybe my inner critic hasn't woken up as much either. He still needs his coffee. Uh, And, And so morning is just like, I find it's a lot easier to get into a space of creativity where I'm feeling like it's fun and not being judgmental about what I'm doing and just like really enjoying kind of the play of it. Um, but that is more of a morning thing than a night thing for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know I've read certain, certainly books on creativity that a lot of time, like the morning before you've had any interaction with the world. And I can't remember the film neighbor's name, pretty famous. He said like, yeah, I, I read in the morning before anyone's had the chance to hurt my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I can definitely vibe on that. Um, You know, and it's funny because sometimes like even just doing my morning pages, when I'm feeling just like fully like myself and I haven't like had the chance to get into a outrage spiral or whatever is going on, um, those tend to be the more lucid ones. Mm. Um, But I didn't get there today. I don't know. I had time. I don't know what I was doing. I often just kind of look around the apartment. And I'm like, what did I do? I mean, I had a shower. I stretched. 
I don't know what the fuck I did. Like I had a piece of toast. I took my meds, made tea. I didn't do morning pages. I didn't meditate. I did go on the balcony for like five minutes, just watch the rain. Maybe nice. that's kind of meditating. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of funny lately. I, I think I'm just sort of feeling this. Uh, what's the word? I was kind of pointing to it the other day. I think I've been isolating. Mm, mm, yep. Um, and I haven't had enough kind of social connection. And I think that's part of like what the real value for me is in you and I connecting when we do, because we understand each other's brains, but it's also just friends hanging out. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't been pursuing that. And it's interesting that I'm taking this community development course when I don't feel as though I've been building any community these last few months, I feel like I've been um, really kind of sh- not shut down. It's like I crave it, but I don't initiate it. Or I have this feeling of, well, if that person wanted to see me, they would have reached out a long time ago. Like that typical kind of ADHD. That's the RSD talking, yeah. The RSD stuff, right? Like all the time, especially people that um, – I've had no reason to believe we had a falling out or anything. I just feel like, well, of course they think I'm a loser. Why would they be in touch with me? I'm not doing anything significant. God. And then I just like, I don't take any action, right? Or I'll look through a text message that I didn't respond to and go, well, of course they're not going to answer now. (laughs) Right? Um, So I just kind of like developing some awareness around that. And I have to start like, I have to start taking some steps because I can feel it. I can feel like my heart really needing that, you know? Yeah. It, it sucks how that stuff compounds. Um, I can definitely mm. relate to, uh, relate to similar experience with that recently. Um, cause yeah, I, I think I said a few episodes ago that I had to get out with some friends, uh, and I went out to a bar for the first time out of the patio because mm. I was realizing that I was isolating and not in a germ way, but in a depression way. And so yeah. I've really kind of been trying to keep on top of that. But then it's like you, at least for me, um, I find then that, e- that even sometimes when I go out and do that stuff, like it's, it's positive being around friends and seeing people. It's great. But then I still can't help, but like, I still get that nagging thing uh, later of just like, you know, um, was everybody happy to see me? (laughs) Was I like, was I being myself? Was I too much of a fucking bummer? Because I'm just like, I've had a low mood and low energy lately, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, you know, and, and I, I realized that like, um, that, 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 that's all just, that's all fake. Everybody's in, everybody's in a fucked up spot in their life right now. Like Mm. everybody is, is socially stunted, um, (laughs) probably having like some emotional regulation problems. Mm. A lot of people are going through like concrete material life changes the last year and a half relationship changes, work Mm. changes, all that kind of stuff. People are moving. Um, And so, you know, it's like, I, I think that, that, the best value that we can offer is just literally being there for each other and, and, and sharing that space together. And yeah. And, and so I had mm. that experience. Um, a friend of mine had a birthday the other day, so we went and played poker in his garage. Um, so kept, <laughs> kept the garage open and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, uh, got together to play some cards and same thing of just like, when I left, I was just like, Oh man, I wasn't like, 
you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, these are all people I know from improv. And so it's like, this mm-hmm. isn't the Jordan that they're used to seeing who shows up very energetic and gregarious mm-hmm. and happy to see everyone because, you know, I'm, I'm still in a depressive uh, uh, state right now. And that's really tough. Um, mm-hmm. But then I got a really nice message from my friend Jen after that. And, you know, she just said like, you know, it was really, really great to see you and, you know, thank you for, for just being yourself and kind of bringing your, um, you know, your, your positivity and all that stuff out tonight. Cause you know, we don't get to see each other a lot. And that yeah. was really nice to get that message. Cause yeah, you know, it, 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 um, it reminded me that people are happy to see me, even if mm-hmm. I don't, even if I'm not, uh, uh, you know, kind of, even if if my brain is doing everything in its power to tell me that that's not the case, that people are happy to see me and and blah blah blah, but then it's funny the the flip of that is then it's just coming up of like, oh man, I must have seemed really down then when I was out. If someone is like taking the time to send me this like, hey, you matter message, I must have seemed like a real fucking gloomy Gus, right? And it's just like it feels like there's no winning sometimes with your brain, you know, like like it's just it's it's always gonna sit there and and just kind of cast aspersions or doubts or whatever um but yeah it was it was really nice to to get out and see people and and to get that message after so so I can relate <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and like emails right now I don't know like this this one kind of uh, project work that I thought I was going to be more involved in it turns out the hours aren't there after all um and, you know, it was, you know, a kind message and they were looking at my LinkedIn and they were like, oh, it's really great that you're taking that community course and let us know about what kind of toolkits you're developing. And it just felt like a massive blow off. And I could just feel myself just kind of spiraling into the, what the fuck did I say? Like, I thought we were <laughs> going to do all this work together. Um, but as it turns out, like, I don't think it was, I don't think it was so much about that as a budgetary thing of yeah. a small business kind of thing. And um, they have their kind of priorities and they're trying to get as much value as they can out of the folks they probably already have on contract. Um, and I can feel myself even getting weepy about it because I was so excited about doing that work. And then it turns out it's not happening. Um, sorry, Jordan, I'm getting it. No, that's, weepy. that's okay. Um, but yeah, that's been a lot of what. I've been kind of grappling with lately is all this uncertainty, right? Like financially. um, And I know so many people are in this in similar places where it's just like, okay, so I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to go out and I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to like create value for people and it's going to be wonderful. But when a major contract like this just doesn't happen, it's like, Oh shit. Now what do I do? Right. Um, But I also know how resilient I am and how many times in my life, I've come back from situations like this and really like surprised myself. And this is why I kind of brought up the, the Lynn Canyon thing, because if you had told me earlier that morning, I had a bout of insomnia that night and I had, and I had a whopping migraine in the morning. So by the time my sister got here, I felt like shit. But I thought, <laughs> you know what, we're just going to go out and it'll be really, it'll just be really soothing and healing to be in the woods, to feel the moss, to, to smell that really kind of that, you know, the earthy smell of, you know, you get when you're in the woods. Petrichor. Petrichor, right? Um, and and so, like, when we were, like, halfway down the stairs to the canyon, I thought to myself, I can't fucking do this. Like, I'm so exhausted. I won't be able to make it. Um, but then somehow I just kind of kept going and being with my sister and being with this Waldo and the two of them believing that I could do it helped. Yeah. 
you know. Um, and so when I kind of put it into that context, when I say, okay, so Sunday morning, I didn't think I'd be able to do this, like, up and down the stairs thing, like, way down to the, you know, to the river, and then all the way back up again. Um, and yet I did do it. Um, I need to kind of remember that in terms of my career and my earning capacity that every time something doesn't happen, that there is inevitably something that is meant to happen in the wings that will be even more fruitful for me, right? Um, and, you know, I'm not in any, like, immediate peril financially. It's just, like, it's just been rough going from making 75K a year to definitely not making that kind of money. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, and and just kind of adapting my, I guess, my, my resilience and my um, expectations of people, right? You know, like, people can, I mean, I, I genuinely know that woman wanted to work with me more. It's just that she was constrained by budget. And so it's it's not anything to do with my skills or anything. And I have to remember that. Um, it still sucks, right? Um, and I still need to, like, I do kind of have to do a little bit of grinding to make sure I'm getting more things coming in the door. Um, but I also know that I am, I am more skilled and capable than I remember. I have to always bring myself back to that when I have those thoughts of, like, well, fuck, of course they don't want to work with me. I'm an idiot. Like, that's not true, right? Like, these internal dialogues. And, and I know that I am really prone to situational depression, and I have felt that lately. Um, and that's why, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's why moving my body and doing that thing in Lincanya was so good for me because I was able to access some endorphins and feel just genuinely good. And I, and I hadn't taken my medication all weekend either so that was really nice to know that I was capable um without my super juice <laughs> so to speak <laughs> um and uh yeah I'll touch on something else that's related to that in a few minutes but yeah thanks for just kind of holding space for that because I wasn't expecting to get emotional but also you know how I get when I don't sleep like oh, a yeah. raw nerve over here I Me sound like too. an old lady <laughs> No, I'm, 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 I was going to say I was getting really emotional talking about that card game and, mm. and getting that message from Jen after. Um, but yeah, I, I guess maybe I just kept it together. Um, but uh, I, I was going to say, though, that what you pointed to about, about having Osvaldo and, um, and your sister there to, to uh, Liz there, I forgot her name for a sec, sorry, there <laughs> to okay. validate you, um, was that, that, that really, pointed to something for me where, like I said, I, I, as much as I would love to, I know that my personal brain and my personal perception of myself cannot be relied on as a source of self-esteem, at least not right now. Um, mm. You know, you, you can do the, the, the mirror affirmations or whatever and do this kind of stuff, but usually my thoughts betray me and, and the loops that end up are never about how, you know, I'm a super positive force for change in the world. They're about how I'm a stupid piece of shit that can't get anything done. <laughs> and so, so that's where having... Because we are social animals, that's where having those external sources of validation, like Osvaldo and Liz, along, and and whether they're actually saying, like, we believe in you, you can <laughs> climb these stairs or not, or whether just by dint of them not, you know, being like, 
just wait here and we'll get the car. <laughs> right. Like, you, you clearly can't do this. Like just, just, just by dint of them trusting you to just trusting you enough to bring you along on that. There's that kind of implied trust and that external validation. And I think that that really mm. can't be overestimated the value of that for us. And that of course is something that is hugely missing in, in lockdown right now. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, here, we're not technically in lockdown here, but we are, um, you know, navigating a really tricky part of all this. And I've been trying not to focus too much on on anything I see on the news or social media because I know it's designed to be divisive. I know it's designed to make me distrust the people around me. Um, so, you know, being double vaccinated, wearing a mask, just not going anywhere near crowds. Like, I'm still kind of doing the same thing. But you're right, it's not as easy as just saying, like, oh, hey, we haven't touched base in a while. Let's get together and have a coffee. Um, it's not as simple as that. Although, you know, I do have a one friend that I see pretty consistently. And then uh, there's two other women that, you know, I've been hanging out with. Every, you know, once or every six weeks or so, we get together for some kind of socially distanced catch-up. Um, and they're both, like, amazing, right? And I love seeing them. Um, but we do tend to keep it fairly top level. And I think... For some people, that's all they can cope with right now is is not small talk, but just like nothing too intimate. Um, yeah. And and I understand why some people are in that state of mind because they're afraid if they do get too intimate, everything will unravel. Um, so I respect that when people, because I do tend to, well, I mean, we're doing it right now. I tend to go, hi, how are you? Here's everything. Oh, that was too much. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm trying to learn to socially like in some situations, it's not really appropriate for me to talk about trauma, you know, um, or career heartbreak or things like that. So I have to not have to. I'm just learning. I guess it's all a process. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, that's so it's so important. Yeah. The social piece. And and like you said earlier, I don't know anyone who's like doing awesome or feeling rad right now. Um, although I do have a friend who just went on a big trip, um, all safe and everything. And it is, there's something about that, like, that's really appealing, but also repulsive to me. I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. It looks beautiful there. And fuck you for having the money to go. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love her dearly and I would never, ever say that. Of course. She, she knows it. But, you know, um, yeah, it's just kind of like. Uh, maybe that is part of it too. Just kind of the same scenarios. Like even though we take these little day trips and go, the North shore is like another world to me, mm. you know, like Lynn Valley, uh, you know, when you come, like, I think we should go there because it's incredible. Like there's parts that are, there's no cell service and you're mm -hmm. in the, you're in the middle of a major city and like you're just surrounded by trees and you wouldn't even know there's a city like over there. Um, and that is a very soothing place for me, you know, going over to the gallery and like, Going to, a, you know, hang around the, you know, sort of the Iranian neighborhood on the North Shore was like amazing two weekends ago. So I need to be grateful for those things without um, trying to like toxic positivity myself out of it. Like, I think, I think my responses to what's happening in the world are pretty natural. Um, and Absolutely. I think it's, you know, there's not much I can, there's a lot of things I can't control, but I can control what I expose myself to and for how long. Um and yeah, I think you're right that maybe I need to be like, maybe trying to p tap into some more pep talky stuff from people that I trust and know, right? Instead of relying on myself to like, 
high five myself in the mirror or do whatever it is that I need. You know, I did kind of go through a sticky note phase. Uh, that's been over for a long time. Did, did you ever do that with like the little affirmations? And uh, I use a whiteboard for that kind of stuff. But um, but mm. yeah, like I when I say that, I'm not trying to denigrate the impact of positive self talk because mm. that stuff does matter. Like it's it's important to do that, and especially for people like me, people like you, whose whose brains do go on these negative um, self image loops a lot. Mm. Um, but it's just recognizing that 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 unfortunately just do- it just doesn't have the impact that hearing that come from somebody else does whether that be a family member or a friend or a stranger or whoever like unfortunately because we are social animals mm. we we value other people's input about ourselves way more than we do our own for better and worse we we right. take people's compliments as as meaning more and we also take other people disparaging us as meaning more mm-hmm. um, than than us disparaging ourselves you know it's like when people when people um uh, when, when people see you having a, an opinion, a, an unkind opinion about Justin Trudeau or whatever, and it's like the the assumption is that that you're a conservative for saying this, and it's like, well, no, this guy sucks. Oh, fuck, I'm, I'm not. I'm. Not, I, I can't really. I, I had this analogy in my head of how this all made sense, but it is it's rapidly unraveling as it's leaving my <laughs> mouth. But just just basically, you know, okay, here's an example. So I've lived in Calgary since I was five years old. Calgary, mm. for all of its merits, it's not a world-class city. But on the other hand, if somebody from Toronto started shit-talking Calgary, it's like, fuck you, pal. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you think you're better than Calgary now, huh? And so, so, so that's the same kind of thing that I guess I'm talking about, where it's like, um, even though I beat mm. myself up all the time, it doesn't have the impact that, that someone else saying something mean to or about me would. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny because I was saying something when we were out by the river on the weekend. I think I said something like, oh, I, I don't want anyone to take my picture. I look like shit. And my sister said, don't you dare talk about my sister like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, oh, okay. And that just kind of pulled me out of it, right? Um, so sometimes it does take somebody just saying, oh, like, you were being an asshole to yourself. I want you to stop that right now to go, oh. And yeah, in my relationship, that happens uh, quite often. Uh, because lately, and I'm, I don't know if it's just because I've had too much time on my hands this year, but there's been like all these layers of the onion being peeled away of like different traumas and stuff. And the most random thing from childhood will come up and I'll be like, mm why is that still bugging me? Like, why does that have any impact on me now? Like, and it it should have been resolved a long time ago. And there was a quote that, um, oh boy, I don't know if I've written it down, um, that came up, uh, you know, on one of my um, Instagram feeds, um, that the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. Have you heard mm-hmm. that? No, um, I haven't. That one just like that for some reason that one nailed me. I was like, well, yeah, because I think I do, even though I don't really have a sense of future thinking. If there's anything that's really caused me a lot of distress in my life, it's it does tend to linger. But I reside in it. I reside in that feeling. I reside in that discomfort, the pain, rather than thinking of it as a reference point of maybe where I don't want to be. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I will kind of dig up the quote, and there is somebody to attribute it to whose name. It just doesn't escape me unless I see it right in front of me. It's in my other journal. No worries. God knows where that is. It sounds very similar to um, something that you've probably heard, too, which is the idea that anxiety is about the future and depression is Mm. about the past. And so, you know, as much as I get these kind of anxious episodes once in a blue moon, um, my brain tends way towards... tends way more towards depression mm. and that's because it's always dwelling on something in the past and and especially I'm so unforgiving of myself for um things in the past that like just bad behaviors or whatever right mm-hmm. where the any other person involved has has hopefully forgiven me and moved on um but I I can't let that stuff go and and as you say it's not there's to, to trot out another hoary cliche, uh, <laughs> past performance is not an indicator of future performance. And mm. so it's just like that should be something that you can look back at and be like, yep, that was me. That was uh, a hurt person hurting people. But that's not that's not who I am anymore. I'm, I'm a, mm. a vastly different person at 39 than I was at 35, who is very different than I was at 30, who mm. is a world away from who I was at 22. It's just, there's, yeah. it's night and day. There's no comparison. And, and it is so true that we are um, multitudinous, you know, like we can change and we can grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we don't grow. Sometimes we contract. And then, you know, there's another growth spurt kind of happening. Um, and yeah, the, the anxiety piece is, um, you know, I feel like anxiety is probably what I'm more prone to, even though I don't have future thinking, it's really strange. Like I, I just, um, I get into these states where I feel like I need to control every little aspect of my environment in order to feel safe. And I, and I know that to be a trauma response, but, um, you know, it is interesting, like lately that there has been some of that, like backward thinking going on. So, um, I think, uh, actually I know that, the, the age that I'm at, and I was taking um, hormone replacement, um, and it wasn't working. Like, um, the side effects were really extreme. And I was like, my moods were, uh, I didn't feel like myself, I guess. And so I haven't been able to tolerate it for long enough to see what kind of effect it would have for me in the long term. Mm. And because my family doctor's on a mat leave, I have to kind of like wait for these locums to kind of come in and like this sort of random stuff. But I, I know that's also affecting my moods. And so I know kind of weaning, going off that will probably like contribute to some of my like sort of backward thinking. Right. Um, quitting coffee has been helpful. I do find that has reduced my anxiety a little bit. Um, but yeah, the the just, there's, it, there's so many fucking layers to everything all the time. Sometimes I wish I could just be like, okay, this is going to solve this thing. And then I'm just going to move on. (laughs) But instead I'm like, okay, well, if this could potentially solve this thing, then there's all these other things that could maybe solve these other things. So why don't I just do them all? And then nothing gets solved because I can't complete all the things. God, am I making any sense? No, totally. And um, so on the the focus uh, uh, front and, and feeling like, trying, I guess, to direct energy. Um, something I've been finding really helpful lately is doing uh, virtual body doubling. Mm. Um, so, so you know, getting a Pomodoro set up, but then also joining like a video room. And it's interesting the way that they've got it set up. Um, this one particular service, I can't remember the name of right now. Mm. Um, but basically it's like, 
your it, it's got a little box and then you've got little kind of uh uh avatar head bubbles for everyone that is in the room with you um and so everyone's camera's turned on but the only person who actually sees your sees the feed from your camera is you so everyone else has their portrait as the live view of their camera with whatever movement is happening but all the other people in the room from my perspective are a still image but on their own computers they're the only video feed and everyone else is a still image so it's a way to get that quote you know kind of feeling of being watched which is is the the mechanism that makes body doubling work for some people mm. but without actually broadcasting what's going on in your living room or whatever to these other people that are in the room with you. Um, so I've been finding that really helpful as far as like, you know, sit down and, and, and like, like what you were talking about this morning of like, okay, um, you know, I've been up for two hours and I, I know that I made coffee and I know that I did this, but Mm -hmm. I don't know where the rest of that time went. And that's been really helpful for like, um, putting together a list of tasks and then just trying to, get them done through this thing, you know, through Pomodoros or whatever and the body doubling. And then um, I I find that, yeah, it's it's been helpful for being able to direct that energy a little bit better and more efficiently, but then also just to like have that then completed list of things where I can go back and say like, oh yeah, this is what I did today. Yeah. That's a great idea. I, I, you know what? I've been meaning to do the Pomodoro thing because I was using just the timer on my phone when I did that small contract to like kind of count every minute that I was actually on the clock because otherwise I just. <coughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just <laughs> swallowed um, some spit down the wrong hole. It's <laughs> always awkward. Um, but yeah, doing the maybe just having that little red Pomodoro thing would be helpful too. I feel shy about body doubling. I read about it being effective. You're speaking very eloquently about it. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just need to try it and find out how I feel. Um, well, the idea is like, you know, if, 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 if you've got something that you want to get done and you want to try and kind of keep yourself on task, just doing that with another person around, um, even if they're not like, like, let's say, let's say Liz was over at your place and you're like, okay, today I'm going to clean my kitchen, like real deep clean, take all the dishes out of the cupboards and, and dust inside there and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like Liz being there, even if she was not involved in any way, if she was just sitting on the couch there and reading a book all afternoon, just her presence there, because you, you, you're going to maybe you know, take a break and like pick up your phone and kind of get distracted. And then you see Liz sitting there and you're like, oh shit, I've been looking at my phone for like 15 minutes and I have this task that I'm supposed to be working on right now. So even if they're not actually involved or, or coaching you or whatever, just the virtue of their presence helps us kind of remind ourselves that like, oh, right. I'm supposed to be doing this thing right now. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, when you put it into that kind of context, because I actually get kind of weirded out, <laughs> even when O's here and I need to edit Kim's podcast, I have to wait till he leaves because the background noise of just even just, you know, making tea or whatever, just like sends me around right. the band. Um, I was able to get two episodes edited yesterday. Um, nice. We're just wrapping up the year. So that's good. But like, um, yeah, you've definitely planted a seed here, Jordan, because maybe that could sort of like also address a little bit of that isolation that I've been feeling, right? Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that kind of depends on the setup, I guess, because the the site that I was using, um, mm. it would not facilitate the social aspect. Oh, of it. There's right. Not any contact you don't actually, with these other people. Oh, you don't interact. You just know they're there. Ah. I, I'm. I, I don't. May there may be a way to interact. I'm not sure if you can just like DM other people, but um, the 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 point is to have it uh, uh, kind of trigger that whatever part of your brain makes you want to get things done um, when there's other people around, mm. but without the actual, like, you know, kind of distractive aspects of it. Like, you know, being, ha- having, having your, your slack on at work or whatever, if you're working remotely, that in theory could be body doubling too, because you see all these other people's lit up bubbles online. But then, you know, if you're anything like me, you're going to get involved in two or three just, hey, what's up, chilling, not much, how about you, did you see the game this weekend, whatever kind of conversations. And those are ultimately way more of a problem for me getting work done Hmm. than not having somebody around to body double with or whatever. That's the stuff that really gets distracting because I love people. I (laughs) I love being around people and and chit-chatting and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, Okay, first of all, how about those Blue Jays, though? Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, they are on fire as well as stoked there is team. But um, I do recall even back in the day when you and I worked together, like, we had, like, MSN Messenger, right? And everybody was, like, dialed into that. And then there was also the G-Chat. And I think there was one other thing going Bonjour, on. Bonjour, the Mac one, I think, still at the time. Oh, God, yeah. And then, like, the little messages coming in. And for me, that meant, like, if one person said, hey, can you maybe think of another way to go about this instead of the way that you did it because I don't like this? That was it. I was done. No other work was getting done for the day because I felt like shit. So, of course, I would start chatting with my friend Melanie on Chat or, like, drifting over to Facebook or, like, hey, what about this, like, thing with this, like, cat that has a machine gun and it's, like, angry and hissing <laughs> and, like, that's funny and I'm just going to, like, yeah, so... I don't know if body doubling now that I think about it. If there's no social aspect to it, maybe it would be effective. Hmm. So I think the idea is supposed to be there. like like um, hanging out in the study carols at university or at a library where it's, uh, you know, just, just by virtue of being around other people that you perceive as getting something done right now, that encourages you to to mirror that and do the same. Right. Yeah, I did. Um, as I passed by the library, I was, I was thinking that yesterday, that maybe it might be good for me from time to time to just take my laptop over there and get some things done. Because coffee shops are too frenetic and the noise is just like, I can't. Um, so yeah, maybe that that's actually a good idea too. I do need to so, yeah take some action. Go ahead. I was just going to say totally unrelated, but just you were talking about coffee shops and noise and just a funny one. Um so this is really a, a strange thing, but I am realizing as of the last couple of days that I have to switch out some of my dishes because um, I have, you know, some some newer ceramic plates from Crate and Barrel. And then I also have a bunch of vintage Japanese stoneware bowls and plates. Oh, and nice. stone stoneware is too fucking loud. I can't, I can't use stoneware to eat off of. It is too goddamn oh, loud that... when the knife is scraping it or the fork hits it or I'm pulling dishes out of the dishwasher and putting them back in the cupboard. I was just like, every time I was putting them away, I was like, 
holy hell, it's like a gunshot went off when these, like, two plates touched each other for a moment. And it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but just, like, something about the resonance of that particular material is just, yeah, it really, I really started to notice it this last week. Maybe that's a sleep thing, too. Is that the, is Stoneware the one that kind of sometimes feels a little bit gritty? Am I yeah, thinking of the um, same one? Yeah. It, it's, it's like a little bit of a, it's, it's a heavier kind of clay, um, and like, like a denser clay. And yeah, I just like, for, for the, the sound characteristics of it, I just, I'm noticing, I find them really tough to deal with. So. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, the different like cutlery too. And yeah, like the way that it hits the plate and then the way it'll go in the, into the cupboard and what that sounds like. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm like, what dishes are causing me harm right now? But there, I, I, I can't actually think of anything per se. Well, it's, yeah. it's funny because like, you know, I'm, I'm of course like, I recognize that this is real, but I also feel like Howard Hughes in my head to a certain degree and mm. just like, you know, uh, uh, the dishes are out to get me. And like, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard not to feel like either, a super sensitive, uh, pretty princess or, uh, you know, like, like, like a bit of a crazy person, frankly, for just like, oh yeah, no, I can't use stoneware because it's too loud. It's like, come on, what are you talking about, man? Um, but again, these are, that's, that's, this is all just the, the internalized ableism stuff that it's like, if that's, mm. if that's what I need to do to make my place, uh, feel peaceful and secure or whatever um is 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 you know change out some of my plates and bowls then so be it like it's not that's not that big of a step <laughs> and it's not and you're so right about the the you know the <clears throat> ableism kind of turned inwards too um because i will often like chastise myself for um needing to have the radio off in a car when i'm with folks a because of the hearing loss and b because of the adhd I can't, like, it's like having a hundred voices in the car at the same time. I just can't cope. I mean, you know, of course, you know, most people are cool about it. But I remember at my old job, somebody I was driving with, they were like, no, no, I need to listen to this thing. And then they were also asking me to navigate on their phone, which was an Android that I didn't know. And we were going somewhere and I, I was just in a panic. Because I like there was just so many things like going through, yeah. And they were also low talker, and they were on my left side, so I couldn't hear them. And oh mm -hmm. gosh, I still like kind of have cold sweats about that experience because it was like I didn't know about my ADHD at the time. I didn't know how to advocate for myself, even though I would. I felt like I was perpetually asking for people to please, like, please listen to how I need this to be done. Like people just couldn't. Um, and it's funny that this is, September is, you know, Disability Employment Month in BC, but I'm not, I don't know, like I've been applying for a couple things here and there, nothing, just crickets. But like, that's the one thing that um, like in-person meetings for somebody like me, they don't work if everybody's going to talk all at once. They just, I can't. So I, don't, I have to figure out what that's going to look like for me. Um, wherever I work, I'm, you know, I'm applying for most places have either remote or hybrid options, um, which is appealing. I um, mean, of course, you know, doing my own thing at home too, and the class and everything's going to be great. But um, yeah, just thinking about that, like, um, like when people are doing this, when they're in a meeting, you know, they're thinking yeah. like this, I can't, I'm not going to get, or I might get like a 10th of what they're saying. 
and for the listeners, because I'm realizing I'm doing this, you can't actually see me. I was tapping my fingers over my mouth, like uh, what people will do when they're thinking or when they just kind of hold their head like this or, um, or they have a document in front of them. Some people do that to read a document and they're covering their lips. And so that means I'm kind of SOL in terms of whatever they're saying isn't going to land. Um, but yeah, I'm just, or even you know, if they're sharing their screen, their their portrait is tiny when that's happening, and then it's just like, oh great, now I got to read this person's lips at a tenth of the resolution they were just at. Yeah, yeah, that happens too. Or um, and this happens often. Uh, people that are backlit or low lit because you know they're mm. in their quote study, or they're sometimes they're just in their cupboard because that's the only place they have <laughs> a walk-in closet, and there's not enough lighting, and then I'm kind of hooped that way. Um, and I was just at an event last week where. Um, it was captioned. They actually had a captioning service, but for some reason it wasn't playing in the Zoom meeting. It, they had they had opened up another window for it. And I'm like, fucked in that environment because I'm like, I need to see the face of the people talking right. and whatever kind of slides they're presenting. So if there's another thing and I can just see these words flowing by and it doesn't mean anything to me because it's not with the face. So I can't, right? Um but yeah, that has been a big part of this year too, is just trying to figure out, I mean, with you and I talking like this, it's fine, right? It's great. Like in some ways I feel like this is ideal um, for communicating. Um, right. But it, I know that not everybody is going to want to keep doing that. And, and I know that a lot of disabled folks, hard of hearing folks have really felt left behind this in this last month because a lot of businesses are like, okay, back to the office. And it's like, yeah, but I just found a working environment that that is suited to my needs and yeah. I don't feel like I have to fucking educate everybody all day every day it's exhausting that and the listening fatigue that goes along with hearing loss it is like it is emotionally and physically draining for eight hours a day to be the only person in the room that is struggling to hear what people are saying while everyone else is just nodding and smiling um so yeah I guess that's just kind of my little bit about that but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a lot of talk with the election, like the people are supposed to be advocating more for folks with disabilities. I don't see a lot of conversation about it. I mean, I do follow a few people on Instagram that kind of help me. Like Jen Pastelop also has uh, a lot of hearing loss. Uh, so seeing her kind of living her best life or whatever <laughs> without being an asshole about it um, is encouraging. Right. Well, I, I think that um, that you, you know, talking about this stuff uh, both on the show and in your personal life and your work life, um, that that kind of stuff does it doesn't solve anything, but it's it's a step, of course. It it goes some ways um, because you know the, the 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 more people that are being upfront about that stuff and saying like, look, I have, I have these, uh, I, I have th- this way that I need to be accommodated in order to function well. Um, you know, if, if you hit a certain kind of critical mass on that stuff, eventually, uh, uh, people are going to listen and they're going to start accommodating for that stuff. Um, and that was something I, I had a little bit of that last night where, um, mm. because it was a, you know, we had a bunch of people in a room, um, not any kind of furniture and things to baffle sound. Oh boy. Uh, everyone's wearing masks. And of course it's a seniors group. So there are a couple of people with hearing loss, um, in the group. And 
so, you know, I said right up front that like, I, I have trouble with auditory processing stuff because of my ADHD. And so if I, if I ask you to repeat yourself sometimes or things like that, it's never, it's not because I'm not super interested in what you have to say. It's because there's like, you know, there's a little bit of a, a satellite delay between things going in my mm. ear and getting to my brain and sometimes they don't reach. And yeah. I think that that, um, helped a couple of other people, you know, uh, uh, relate their um, hearing issues as well and, and make sure that we could kind of try and accommodate as best we could for that. But of course, as I said, with masks on and all that stuff, it's it's pretty difficult. So mm-hmm. I think that satellite delay might actually be the best way I've heard that summarized. Mm. Um, and that that is a lot of, yeah, like the double whammy of the sensory processing that comes with the ADHD and then the physical hearing loss for me, it's like, sometimes, yeah, it'll take a few minutes for my brain to figure out what has been said. And I do do a lot of filling in the gaps um, when I'm in conversation with people. So sometimes I'll be like, hmm, but I know that's one of my, before I say, can you please repeat that? I used to go, hmm, clock my head like a dog. <laughs> and sometimes people know to repeat. Um, and what's really helpful, uh, and I'm, I'm finally getting my mind around this, is that when people just kind of, you know, they speak uh, fairly slowly and directly and with intention towards you, yelling is the worst thing you can do. Raising your voice actually creates more, uh, you know, kind of dissonance in my brain. Yeah. And then I get stressed out because I feel like I'm getting yelled at. So then I'm everything shuts down. Like if I feel like someone's yelling at me, I'm not taking in half of what they're saying because I'm so scared, right? Like I just can't even cope. Um, but yeah, I think that was a really excellent way that you approach that group by creating this space and saying, Hey, I, me too, in a way, right? Like right. I also struggle to sometimes retain information. So don't feel bad if you can't get it right away. Then you create that, that you can, permission to be themselves and just say, Oh, well, I didn't hear you. Can you <laughs> repeat that again, kid? Come on, let's do this improv thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that is a lot of it, right? It's just like, holding the space and like saying, you know, like what we've been saying kind of since the beginning of the podcast by like, by speaking openly about the ADHD, by speaking openly about our differences, we hold the space and give others permission to do the same. And then hopefully over time, these things will be less stigmatized and people will feel more comfortable sharing about it publicly. And, you know, there's certainly no number of people that would, would rather die than have their employer know that they're neurodivergent. Um, or they just like pretend that they can hear when they can't. And I think that was what was so interesting about Jen Pasteloff's story. She worked in restaurants for years with hearing loss and she would just, she just never let anybody know. <laughs> like, and she mm. didn't really admit it to herself until, um, like, like it was like 10 years later or something. It was pretty wild that she managed to do it for as long as she did. Um, but I think there's a lot of people kind of walking around the world in the same space where we're just like, just trying so hard to fit into this like hyper normative yeah. way of being. And we're exerting all our energy, all our creative energy, all our emotional energy and adapting to systems that aren't designed for us. When in fact, if we were able to just like create some of those like accessible points, then we could really like be more creative, be more in community, be more connected, be more ourselves. And really for lack of a better way of putting it, add real value to mm-hmm. the world because then we're we're actually like being fully ourselves in instead of like you know trying to i don't know fit into these like moles that are 
you know, nothing short of toxic and exhausting when you're not built for it. For, mm-hmm. for other people that never have to think about it, it's no big deal. I remember even um, when I was working with uh, BC Access Awareness Day, I was being interviewed by one of the radio stations. Um, and it was at the time that um, they kind of mandated new buildings um, had to have a certain kind of knob. It's like a knob that kind of goes like this. And mm. that's an access point for people with disabilities. Um, because if they are either somebody who has like maybe um, a prosthetic device, or um, even if they don't, sometimes people just actually have a hook that they use to like open a door. Those doors are accessible to them. Old school knobs, absolutely not. They're the fucking worst, actually. Yeah. And it was funny because this journalist was kind of pushing back, like, that's kind of dumb. And I was like, how is that dumb? It's just because you don't know it. It's because you can just, like, take your hand and open a door, unless somebody's greased it with Vaseline, and then you're kind of fucked. But, like, like imagine that. Imagine if those doors yeah. were all greased with Vaseline all the time and you couldn't open them, how frustrated you would be. And, you know, it was. I just thought that was such a petty thing for somebody to say. Um, but like the same is true for any kind of accommodation for a different way of viewing the world. Once you remove that obstacle, then people can, you know, I've been hearing the word flourish a lot lately. That seems to be one of the like buzzy kind of words. Like what can we do so folks can flourish? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we asking that question instead of what can we do to make people adapt to our way of being? Like I get really fed up sometimes. Like I just get so tired of having to always adapt to that way of being instead of for once People could just fucking give me the accommodation I need. Then we wouldn't have to waste time in that. And I wouldn't have to waste all my energy just trying to fit in to something that's bullshit anyway. There she goes on her rants again. (laughs) That's what the show is for, though. Um, And and to kind of to kind of go back to there that that. Yeah. Like what that journalist that, that that kind of sentiment is like at best naive. Like that's, that's the kindest way that I can interpret that is that this person is naive. This idea that like, oh, the status quo must be the best way because we wouldn't have got to this place if we, if, if we hadn't exhausted all possible avenues and decided objectively that this is the best one. And it's like, no, like if, if, if you, if you read even a little bit of history, like decisions get made for one reason or another, usually based around cost savings or institutional racism. And then that just ends up perpetuated for years and years. And and again, if you're not actually impacted by it, you generally don't have a reason to ever even think about that stuff. Mm. Like, I can guarantee you that if, if this guy got um let's say he developed a really awful case of carpal tunnel tomorrow or or started getting arthritis in his hands or something like that mm-hmm. you can bet that he would be advocating for those handle style uh door pulls instead of the old knobs because like you know even even for a, an able-bodied person um or sorry uh what's the word i'm looking for um, a, a person with hands, let's say, like they don't have a prosthetic, but if there's if there's something that is impeding your grip strength at all, uh, that can be still, uh, no pun intended, a barrier to entry on those kinds of doors, mm-hmm. especially when that's combined with a really heavy door or something with like a really resistant kind of um, pneumatic mechanism at the top. Mm-hmm. Like that's that stuff is no joke. If like you know, if if if, if you've got uh, uh, something impeding your ability to just kind of grip and squeeze your hand together. Absolutely. And I think you just made such a good point, right? It's just like, well, this doesn't affect me, so there's nothing wrong. And it's like, 
that's why we're supposed to be listening to each other. You know, that's why we're supposed yeah. to be centering uh, people's voices that are unlike our own and 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 seeing what uh you know like like looking at the at at the argument that's being made and and recognizing that like oh yeah just cuz this doesn't impact me directly doesn't mean that there's not an impact and mm-hmm. and the conversely is just like will will switching so so let's say that let's say that it is a dumb quote unquote idea because let's say that only 0.01% of the world's population has trouble opening these doors I like there's I have yet to hear a convincing case for why there is a different 0.01% of the world's population that can't open the handle style doors. So even if it's to accommodate for a small amount of people, where's the harm in switching it out? If like Mm -hmm. this new way is legitimately like an improvement and it's, it's an improvement that helps accessibility for one group of people while not creating drawbacks for the rest of, of the kind of users of that thing, where's the harm? And that again that's cost usually is like, oh, well, it'll cost X, Y, Z. And, and mm-hmm. so that's where the argument ends. And it's just like, well, look at look at how much money, you know, <laughs> look at how much money we're giving Saudi Arabia to buy UAVs or whatever, or or rather we're selling them to them. But anyway, yeah. the, the, the point is, is that a lot more money gets spent on a lot, in my opinion, dumber things than accessibility. So right. <laughs> tanks that just kind of sit in the middle of the desert that would never get used because that money had to be spent on that. I mean, hey, it's just... the best case scenario is that they never get used. The worst case is that, you know, eventually the cops buy them and they're getting used against against their own citizens. Like that's mm. the stuff. Imperialism always comes home to roost as the uh, as another horrid cliche that I'll trot out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all like, yeah, when I go too far down that spiral, I just I'll just have to go lie down after this and won't be able to do anything, <laughs> which I may actually have to do anyway, just because um, four hours of sleep is certainly not sufficient for my little brain. And even though I took my meds today, I feel like, of course, they're not working because I didn't get enough sleep. Right. Right. Um, but I know we are kind of coming up in an hour and we we didn't, was there anything that you wanted to cover that we kind of didn't go? We just kind of, we were very yeah, we free flowing today. Um, That's okay. I've been, uh, I've been enjoying the, the free flowing episodes lately. Uh, I find that they actually do, it's, it's not uninteresting it's not just us kind of like oh well how was your day oh well i had some steamed broccoli last night and that was really good like we get into stuff and and important topics but it's just Mm. we just don't know where we're going that way it's a lot like improv yeah (laughs) it is kind of enjoyable i know um there's a few people i wanted to reach out to come on to the show and um i do know that um actually i can say that a friend of mine has reached out to gabor mate who knows him personally We'll find out whether or not he's uh, up and available for it. We'll find out. So no promises, listeners, but could be be exciting if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. um, The only other thing I was going to say is that um, I did uh, book my my ticket. So I am am coming out uh, mid-October to visit. Nice. And yeah, I cannot believe how cheap it was to fly versus driving. It was, I think, I think including the like 30 WestJet bucks I had, I think I paid $113 for a round trip ticket to Vancouver. Wow. Which is, that's that's like 
three tanks of gas. That's crazy. So, yeah. Oh, so I'm so glad to hear that. Um, that may actually motivate me at some point to come back to Calgary for a wee visit. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but um, that's exciting that you're going to come. And I know we have um, someone from the community who's also going to be here at the same time that wants to hang out with Ryan. And yeah, yeah so we'll definitely have a little ADHD summit. Mm-hmm. And we'll get some Takafino. Oh yeah, definitely be getting some time. And I'll, you know? I'll 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 bring my mic, so maybe we can even record one in person. How's that? Yeah, sound? I'd love to do that. Actually, like maybe do some pictures and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be fun to actually do some really creative things. Yes. See, that gets me excited doing the creative things, making things, telling stories, being in, being in conversation, being in community. Yeah, that's the stuff. That's the stuff of life for me, right there. Yeah. Yeah, like this, this leading that class last night was the most energized I've felt in weeks. Um, and, and so, yeah, like I'm recognizing the positive impact that that stuff has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it is, it's just not on tap the way that it usually is in my life. Um, and so that's kind of hard. Uh, yeah, it's just hard to not, hard to deal with that absence right now. So, yeah, that'll be good when we can uh, hang out in person. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take some some steps to reach out to a few more people this week too, and just try to try to be less isolated. Um, would we like to do any thank yous today? Or absolutely. Yeah. How about we thank our friends Dave, Jill, Paige, Brianna, and Lindsay, our patrons over on patreon.com slash holy shit I have ADHD, where for as little as a dollar Canadian a month, you can help support the podcast. And there are uh, transcriptions of the episodes that go up. I think we've got the last five or six transcribed so far. And um, yeah, we're going to be getting through that back catalog, especially uh, I want to prioritize the episodes that we have guests on. I want to get those interviews as the next batch of episodes to get translated so people can uh, see all the wisdom that our, our um, companions in ADHD are bringing to the show as well. So Amazing. Yeah, that has been so great. And we will be uh, definitely talking to more folks uh, going Going forward, I don't want to say moving forward because it just makes me feel so corporate when I say that now. <laughs> you know, like if somebody starts an email saying moving forward, I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be bullet points, isn't there? I don't yeah, know. moving forward, now that you mention it, like I, I would not have made that association, but it has a very kind of like, it's weird. Moving forward almost seems like someone else giving me an imperative. Where it's like, mm. moving forward, I'll need you to make sure that you hang your hook on the coat peg uh, instead of over the backs of your chair because whatever. And it's just like, you know, yeah, it, it, it definitely has that kind of, there's just that little bit of like, it, it makes the it makes my, my anti-authoritarian hackles rise yeah, up a little I bit, feel like I think. A, <laughs> no, you're not the boss of me. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway, this has been great, Jordan. And thanks everybody for listening too. We really do appreciate you and... Hope you're hanging in there, out there, in this wild world we're inhabiting together. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, everyone. And we'll see you maybe in a week, maybe in two weeks. Uh, who knows? But we'll be around, that's for sure. <laughs> it's a bit random. If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at uh, anchor.fm forward slash holy shit I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at you guessed it holy shit I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive.